And welcome back to our daily podcast. And, uh, well, generally I talk to folks who are broadcasting baseball, but uh, we're going to look around uh, and talk a little bit about what is happening down in South Texas right now, a state who, for the most part, is starting to open things up a little bit in terms of restaurants and other retail. And that's uh, with Ray Silva, who uh, heads the YouTube site South Texas Border Sports. And, uh, Ray, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, thank you, Doug, for the invitation, and it's uh, a privilege to be on your on your podcast today. Well, appreciate you having us, or uh, joining me, I should say. And, uh, you know, we met back in uh, February at a uh, UTRGV, and those of you listening, of course, uh, most of you unfamiliar with uh, what that stands for, University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley, the artist formerly known as University of Texas Pan American, which was the artist formerly known as Pan American College, uh, down in Edinburgh, Texas. Uh, so, Ray, when I say that's about as far South Texas as you can get, uh, I don't think I'm lying there. No, you're not. I mean, just minutes away from the uh, USA-Mexico border. So, uh, <laughs> right now, now, what is going on with that? Because uh, are folks not allowed in the, to drive into Mexico these days because of the pandemic? Well, I would best describe it as a very, uh, uh, it's like a very soft quarantine unless you've got like essential business to go do uh, down there in Mexico, which they're like entering the peak uh, COVID-19 situation. It's like best advice, like unless it's absolutely necessary, you can go in and drive back, but not fully recommended. Yeah, well, I can imagine, uh, obviously, all borders, Canada, the same way, uh, not allowing uh, anybody up there right now, I guess, unless it's really, really essential uh, business and better be safe than what is uh, sadly happening. So, uh, and we'll get to sports in a moment, but just explain a little bit what's going on. Our, uh, I talked to a, a friend who lives up in uh, Frisco, Texas, north of Dallas. He said that restaurants are allowing people in sort of at a first come first serve basis not allowing full capacity now is that the same in the Rio Grande Valley uh correct like say for example if your restaurant seats uh 100 people you're only allowed 25 percent now within the next few days they're actually increasing from that 25% to a 50%, of course, following the social uh, distancing guidelines and whatnot. So uh, that's what is going on down here in the Rio Grande Valley. So uh, at least it's good to see some retail starting to open a little bit. And uh, we'll see about, uh, obviously, sports when it's going to be safe to allow fans to to come back now you have a pro soccer team down there the rio grande valley fc toros and uh they're getting back to some game-like activity yes uh the usl championship and the the league in which they participate in they've actually lifted their moratorium for uh suspension of training and whatnot so basically like if you have a club there and California or anywhere in the U.S. that has had like some uh, lifted restrictions from the COVID stuff. Uh, You're allowed to practice on an individual basis or in small groups, however you prefer. However, here with the RGVFC Toros, um, since they don't have like all the uh, permits to go inside the park and 
and do their group session trainings. Right now, it's like the players and the and the coaching staff are like in constant communication to see when uh, they're allowed to go back in the park. But right now, it's just a, a lot of individual uh, training sessions at this point. And you talked about uh, the stadium for the soccer team. Uh, what is the name of that stadium? HB Park. That's uh, located in Edinburgh, Texas. Uh, uh, just a few, the couple of miles away from the university. And when I was down in the Rio Grande Valley in February, I mean, uh, I didn't drive by the football sta- or the soccer stadium, but uh, I drove by the uh, arena where the Vipers play, the uh, developmental league team for the Houston Rockets. Um, and then there's another arena uh, a little closer to Hidalgo. Uh, so you have. Uh, yes, yeah, so that one's like right essentially right next to the border. If you want to r- really uh, like be very detailed, it's it's uh, the Bird Ogden Arena where the Vipers play, and then you've got uh, now uh, newly renamed Payne Arena over in Hidalgo, which was the original arena that hosted hockey, arena football, and even uh, even indoor soccer, which I got to be a part of. And it's a shame that. Uh... There's right now really no, I mean, not other than the soccer team, really no professional sports. Uh, well, I, I, what I mean is I know you have the developmental league team, but there's no professional for basketball. There's no professional baseball or professional hockey there anymore. And uh, where did the Killer Bees play? It's one of the great uh, old hockey names. Uh, the Killer Bees, uh, their last uh, rodeo uh, became part of it, tried to become part of a junior hockey league, but uh the front office that was running that team, uh, they didn't, they didn't necessarily, they didn't necessarily have the right, uh, the right uh, tools to run a, a successful league, and thus it had to shut down after like a couple of games into that season, and it was such a sad shame because a, a lot of um a lot of the hockey people that worked down here and even that covered the team, it's all like, well, that was your, your last good shot at having hockey down here for a long time, you know, and, and it's, and it's quite interesting because a uh, former beat writer that covered the killer bees uh, back in the heyday put up a, a very interesting tweet, like of how teams started in the state of Texas entering the year 2000 and where they stand today, where it's just only the, the Dallas stars and the Texas stars and, and a couple of uh, a sprinkled junior hockey league teams. And that's about it for hockey in the state of Texas. And that included the run that the killer bees had uh, back in the early two uh, thousands, uh, mid two thousands as well. Well, which it was her prime years. And not only that, but I, I lived up in the uh, Shreveport area and they had the Shreveport, Bo- Bozier Shreveport mud bugs. And I'd go to those games and uh, I know that uh, Laredo was really the beast of the league along with Bozier Shreveport. But I'd hear a lot about the, the Laredo and uh, Rio Grande Valley rivalry. Oh, yes. I mean, back then, uh, Laredo was coached by uh, Terry Roskowski. Uh, the jackhammer back in his playing days. And then the uh, killer bees were coached by uh, Tracy Egland. And it was uh, one of the fiercest rivalries that the uh, CHL had. And, and I do remember uh, seeing 
uh, Shreveport come uh, coming down to the Rio Grande Valley and and give the um, the bees a, a a good game. And man, I mean, I I love their goalie back then, Ken Carroll, uh, one of the uh, better netminders of, of the entire CHL. Yeah, and uh, you know, I don't know a ton about hockey, but just remember, you know, hearing about some of the the uh, rivalries down there. And, uh, you know, we think of the Rio Grande Valley and, you know, obviously with such a large Mexican population, certainly soccer, you know, so popular in that community, but of course, so is baseball. And mm-hmm. before we talk about baseball, I just want to go back to hockey for a moment. Not exactly a sport you would associate with the Latin American community, but how was hockey perceived? I don't want to say in Laredo, but when you get specifically into the Rio Grande Valley, just, you know, uh, how was it in terms of whether it be sponsorship or, or fandom that, that people would uh, really cling to it? You, you know, the first five years of the team, it really, really did very well as far as attendance, uh, bringing in people in. But once ownership uh, changed into different groups, it's like uh, the resources that the original group had compared to the new one, it was a, a very, very different and since they saw like a decline in attendance with this newer group, the original group tried to buy it back and it became a little bit of a legal fiasco to the point where um, the team was operating with a budget of less than a million dollars for a league that that at least needed two million to survive. And thus the uh, team ended up going uh, broke and then there was this um, junior league uh, hockey league that came down, uh, tried to revive the bees, but in form of junior hockey. And really, the people n- never got their hands around that team. It just it became a, a bit of an eyesore because the people running that franchise at the time didn't really know how to cater and market the team uh to the uh, Rio Grande Valley at the time. So I would probably say the first five to six years of the team, it did very well, but, but it was the, the ownership change that really just doomed in the, uh, the, uh, the team, you know, and it it was sad because a a lot of people uh, really enjoyed the bees, but they just couldn't find a way to sustain it. We're with uh, Ray Silva from South Texas Border Sports. You can check out his uh, YouTube uh, page, typing in those words. And, uh, you know, we're talking about the Rio Grande Valley and uh, sports down there. Uh, Pro baseball, and I've seen some pro baseball in the Rio Grande Valley. Uh, Obviously, baseball for the moment, like everything else, has been shut down here uh, in the United States. The only baseball, I've been to two baseball games this year. One was at Fresno State, and the other was at, UTRGV uh, <laughs> opening weekend against uh, Kansas uh, State. Uh, were you there for those games? Yes, sir. I uh, I was operating the scoreboard uh, for the Kansas State series, if I can recall. And uh, I remember the the Bronx almost. Uh, that's the team name for UTRGV, the mascot. Um, that was pitched a no hitter on opening night. Yeah, Kevin Stevens. Uh, he, yeah, I, I talk about a guy who came back from. Uh, from ma- major surgery to to toss uh, the near uh, the six innings of no hit ball, 
and then turning it over to the bullpen that night, it was uh, something uh, spectacular for the uh, for the Vaqueros now. Now uh, their their newer name, but uh, it's a uh, it, oh, I remember right. it. That's right, the Vaqueros. I completely forgot. So used to the Bronx. Uh, yes. Vro and CS from UTPA. Thank you, the Vaqueros. That that's right. Yeah. Yeah, and then with it being Al Ogletree night, it, it, it was just something magical, uh, remembering a, a legend that did so much for the university uh, back when uh, back when Al Ogletree coached the team. And uh, I know the plaza there has a statue in his honor. That's a beautiful ballpark. I had not seen it uh, till this past February, and uh, uh, great crowds they had there that opening weekend, and uh, – with no pro baseball, it really is the only, uh, we'll just say, advanced level of baseball in the Rio Grande Valley right now. Yes, I mean that ballpark is uh, 15 years old, and it's seen its, it's seen its ups and its and its downs. And ever since the university uh, took over that stadium, it's it's given it a a a a, a, a major a major facelift to it, and. Just kudos to the athletic administration for for doing such a wonderful job with that stadium and giving it the revival that it's needed, despite just being the only, uh, uh, you could say, professional baseball game in town. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I was there for some of the baseball game and, and then the, uh, the men's basketball game you had against Seattle, you, and uh, it was uh, UTRGV Hall of Fame weekend, and just uh, – you know, the, the UTPA or now UTRGV Fieldhouse, uh, they put on a great show there. Uh, they've had some winning teams lately in a, in a place that's not easy to recruit because you are so isolated uh, down there. But uh, it is, uh, it's like to say, you know, it's uh, put it, uh, and I've been again down to the valley a few times. So you're kind of on your own island down there. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, it's a very unique place for how everything is situated. I mean, one looks at Edinburgh, Texas, like, oh, okay, it's just a long college town. Like, no, you, you get in the highways and you see all these nice uh, different buildings, different strip malls being built and, and whatnot. So there's, there's, a, there's a few things to do here in, in the valley. I mean, and the university is just uh, one, one small part of it. I mean, it's, it's, it, I mean, with this, uh, with the administrations that uh, have come and that have uh, stayed, they've done a, a a wonderful job just uh, giving the Rio Grande Valley an option for entertainment. And, and it's extremely lovely. I mean, even, even if I wasn't working for them, I mean, I would probably invest a, a, a few dollars to um, get out there and, and get entertained because it's uh, really quality stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, really, really good folks uh, down there. Great Mexican food, of course, down there. And those of us who don't have Whataburger from, you know, out here in California, it's, you got one on every corner there. Of course, I always touch on that uh, as well. But uh, uh, talk a little bit about baseball. And, uh, again, I, I've been down there in 1998 when I worked for the Bayou Bullfrogs out of Lafayette, Louisiana, in the Texas-Louisiana League. We would come down and twice play the Rio Grande Valley White Wings at Old Harlingen Field. Uh, and pro baseball has come and gone there over the years. It hasn't existed in the Rio Grande Valley in, uh, I think it was 2014 was the last year. Correct. You had the White Wings. And, uh, you know, I know you've had teams in Edinburgh who've played at the college. 
I mean, pro teams that have played at the college, mm-hmm. Old Harlingen Field. Um, maybe to an extent I can understand that hockey might not be the most popular sport uh, down there, but uh, how come pro baseball uh, has had a, a tough time sticking I guess you can say geographically it's a tough fit. I mean, it's not really close to a lot of teams, but a lot of cities. But uh, generally, why has it been a tough sell down there? Uh, well, I don't really consider it a tough sell. I think it just becomes in what league you participate in. And and sometimes when you don't use the resources adequately, uh, that can be the uh, the straw that broke the camel's back. And And, and I think that's what, may have happened throughout the years that it stuck around, it stuck around, it stuck around until the city says, you know what, you, you, you guys are, are done. Uh, We no longer want you here to find elsewhere to play. But I, I do think there is room for a lot of improvement, but there, but it has to be the, the right uh, people to come in and run it. in in my opinion. Yeah. Well, can say a lot and uh, you know you go way back before both of us uh, were born but the Giants had uh, uh, minor league baseball in in Harlingen, Harlingen they had a team of the Texas League at Harlingen Field Hall of Fame pitcher Gaylord Perry played with the Harlingen uh, Giants uh, you know they had uh, obviously some some other guys who uh, would go on to the big leagues I believe one of the Alus played there as well the yep. brothers one of them um I want to say it was, I know it wasn't Felipe, and if I tried, I can look it up easy enough, but, uh, um, but Harlingen Field, I mean, that's been there since, uh, what, going back uh, almost 60 years? Yes, and it's it's sad to see it in the, uh, in the shape that it's in today. I mean, the, the field that commenced, uh, that commenced uh, the modern day era for baseball uh, here in the Rio Grande Valley, especially in the independent leagues, uh, which might be coming to a, a resurgent with the recent minor league baseball stuff going on, uh, thanks to the COVID-19. I mean, I mean, the possibility is there for a strong, um, a, and, and I mean a strong independent league to come in and try to uh, make its way down to the Rio Grande Valley, hopefully soon. I mean, that that's one thing I would like to see out of all this stuff when it's done, but yes, I mean, nonetheless, I mean, Harlingen Field is that cornerstone park that one looks to as like, okay, before UTRGV Baseball Stadium was built, you had Harlingen Field back then. Yeah, and I'm looking at the Rio Grande Valley Giants, and uh, I thought one of the Alus had played there. I was wrong on that uh manny moda a guy that had a great career as a pinch hitter in the big leagues with the likes of the giants and uh dodgers he played there uh gaylord perry was there for uh, some time chuck keller who had a great career as a, a giant second baseman uh the first nationally player to ever hit a grand slam in a world series a contest he played a full season down in uh harlingen so it's uh, i mean i could say it's got some history it's uh, very historic in terms of going back to the early 60s of uh, when uh, when affiliated ball was there, but they uh, uh, so said Gaylord Perry, Chuck Hiller, uh, Manny Modis, some big names that have played uh, there. But I, I want to correct myself. Apparently, none of the Alus played there. But uh, anyway, the uh, the Giants did have a, a team there for a few years, the Rio Grande Valley uh, Giants. And it is a shame to see 
the condition Harlingen Field is in. I certainly stopped by there uh, to get some pictures. Uh, it's the last place I called my final game. I was only there for one year with the uh, with the team from Lafayette, Louisiana. We just stopped in the season in in Harlingen, but uh, you know the, the facility though we talked about that a moment ago for UTRGV is really really nice, um, and uh, there is a possibility with all the minor league uh, uh, reclassification that could happen that. Uh, some of those teams uh, end up in uh, independent ball. And I think with a, I think it would take a, and you know, the lay of the land a lot better than I do, but a new stadium, I think they need to just get away from, since everything is so UTRGV heavy there, which is understandable that I think maybe a, a new stadium could work. Yeah. That that's, that's been in the works for quite some time that they were looking at an area close to mission, Texas at some point, but uh, as far as those discussions go, I mean, it's been they've been so far fetched that I, I think they've tabled those talks for for quite some time now. And unless it, unless things start uh, picking up uh, here soon with with once this um, Major League Baseball season's over and they start contracting some of these minor league teams, um, you never know. The Valley could see another uh, independent baseball team here soon i mean within the next five six years hopefully but uh, i mean as of right now i mean get past this COVID stuff first and then we'll we'll see <laughs> you mentioned mission texas i'm glad you brought that up because on the short list probably on the mount rushmore of the greatest coaches ever in nfl history yes a guy by the name of tom tom yes uh, came out of uh uh mission uh uh, Texas, the football field where the Patriots play there, not the New England Patriots, but the Mission, uh, mission Patriots. Mission Veterans, uh, Patriots, and and you got the Mission Eagles. Well, one of two stadiums in the United States to have the uh, Canton Hall of Fame a logo enshrined in the stadium. The other one located in Canton, Ohio. Well, that's an interesting note. So because <laughs> of Tom Landry's presence, the Canton Hall of Fame logo. I I must have missed that when I went over to see that stadium. Yeah, it, yeah. At the time, I mean, that that stadium um, is going to have that logo enshrined uh, there. If it if, if it's not there by now, it should be up by the upcoming football season, where where it's like one of two stadiums in the United States that has the Hall of Fame logo in the uh, stadium. Well, did not, that's a good note. Did not uh, realize that. So you got the, the roots of football in Canton, Ohio, and then you're way down in South Texas. Did, did, um, what was, do you know what Tom Landry's background was there? Because it's, uh, you know, not a common place to, to grow up. Uh, certainly in fact, I wonder when, I wonder what it was like when he was growing up there in the 1930s when Mission, Texas was like, but do you know how, did he have family roots down there or how he ended up in, you know, the family ended up down in South Texas? No, no, no clue. I mean, not, not enough studies in my sports history to, uh, to tell you uh, a recollection of Tom Landry. All I know is that if I end up in uh, downtown Mission, Texas, there's this nice mural uh, dedicated to, to the man. And then just a few further blocks uh, down west is the uh, Tom Landry uh, football stadium, which is shared by two high schools, which is Mission High and Mission Veterans uh, Memorial uh, High School. And their mascot is the Patriots. 
Okay. I, I certainly went over to the football stadium. I definitely wanted to see that with his name on it. Um, and I'm not even a Cowboys fan, but I certainly have the respect for, for uh, Tom Landry and the, and the fact that he's from, uh, you know, the way in the deep part of uh, South Texas. So you, uh, you cover a lot of, uh, obviously, you're at all the Rio Grande Valley games. I say all, probably most, whether it be men's or women's basketball or uh, baseball. And uh, I know that uh, you have, uh, I'm sorry to say this, but misfortune having to deal with Jonah Goldberg. Your SID every day. <laughs> no, uh, it, let me correct this. Let me correct this title. Uh, uh, assistant athletic director in terms of charge of media relations. Yes. Uh, no, working with Jonah is, is quite the privilege. I mean, yeah, he, he comes at you with, with every single possible game note possible. Um, as I, as I walk into the media room, uh, for basketball and volleyball games, uh, uh, very cordially he'll say hi and 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 have a, a table there to grab game notes or rosters, and then just wa- walk out, grab a bottle of water, and and sit down and, and work the games. But it's 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 quite the blast to work with him. I mean, a, such a bright individual that's uh, been here in the Rio Grande Valley for a greater part of a decade now. And it's, 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 he is one of the sharper minds I've ever worked with. And Joan and I both went to Boston University. I'm much older, though. I'm about 10 years older. And funny story, when he graduated from there, I think it was like in 05 or 06, he had contacted me just to get, I guess, some advice and how to get into the business in terms of, you know, radio play-by-play. And I know his goal was to, to uh, get up and do Major League Baseball or, or high-level sports and and uh, I know just settled on, in the Rio Grande Valley, went down there initially to take a broadcast job. And, well, things just settled for him, whether it be, uh, uh, you know, starting a family. You know, he has a son and a daughter and a wife and, and uh, not in that order, by the way. But anyway, um, but uh, no, Jonah is uh, um, and I would talk on the phone forever and ever and email and text and all that. I I didn't meet Jonah until uh March of 2019, so probably 12 years at least. He and I uh, had never met, but felt like I, he was my mm-hmm. best friend. And everybody else that would go through the Western Athletic Conference or through uh, the Central Baseball League, and you know, I've got friends in that league and in a lot of places. You know, oh yeah, I know John real well. Met him, hung out with him, blah blah blah. I'm thinking maybe the guy just doesn't exist. <laughs> you know, maybe. Maybe the joke's been on me, but uh, he and I finally met in Las Vegas when he was out there for the WAC tournament, and I was out there for the Mountain West tournament uh, last year, and then he and I have uh, since seen each other uh, when I came down, and that, he took me to a really, really good, uh, and there's a lot of Mexican restaurants in uh, in Edinburgh, and I, it's blanking on me. But, Is it uh, Trevino's? Uh, I think that's it. Yeah, I, I believe it was. I remember I... I uh, I flew into uh, Harlingen and then met him for lunch later that day. Yep, Trevino's. I got it right here. I'm looking it up right now. Ah, uh, yes. Qu- quite the place. Yes. L- love their lemonade. Yeah, so. I'll have to have lemonade next time I'm down there. But, uh, well, that was a you know, really, really good uh, uh, place. And then um, I went to a very good barbecue place also in uh, that same trip. Oh, uh, I was driving around the real Willie Beast Barbecue in Alamo? And, uh, uh, no, it was, 
I went to the Texas Barbecue Smoke Watering Hole in Harlem. Oh Lord, uh, that's once uh, that's one place I I've never been to. Well, next time I'm down there, you and I will go. We'll still jo- we'll still Jonas Company credit card. How about that? Uh, I don't know about the credit card thing, <laughs> but you 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 could take me all you want. All right. Well, I'm just for the folks listening down there. I'm joking. I don't steal credit cards or anything else. We'll just invite. How about we just invite Jonah? He can use the company yeah, credit card. Yeah, that, how about that? that could work. Well, well, uh, we'll do that. Uh, what can you tell people about your website, South Texas Border Sports? No, well, basically, uh, when I started started South Texas Border Sports, I I made it a mission to cover uh, the pro the pros the pro sports teams, which includes. Uh, your Vipers and your Toros, and then recently uh, I got a credit, uh, media accreditation to uh, UTRGV sporting events, and basically it's kind of like a, a year-round type of thing. And right now, uh, the university and RGVFC, the Toros, the soccer team, would be fi- uh, filling up with uh, my YouTube page with with content, with post-game reactions, and and stuff like that. And then. Um, Every once in a while, I would come up with some um, the some col- column-like work on my Facebook page, which is also called South Texas uh, Border Sports, where I would write about so, uh, some of the uh, major sporting events that would happen, like the regional basketball tournament or so, or a couple of things that, that I have on my mind. And I, I'll usually write like a, a note or, or two uh, from time to time and make it periodically. Um, and it all started, uh, January of 2019, uh, right when the, uh, Vipers, uh, were starting to get on that long winning streak, uh, towards their third, uh, G league, uh, championship, which I got to, uh, cover and that's how it all started out. And then it continued, uh, with the Toros that same year. And then I slowly started getting in, uh, the university and, and I'm I'm at a uh, at a good healthy number of videos for now. But right now with this uh, COVID situation, right now I'm just uh, trying to work uh, interviews with with some of the uh, the big the bigger names. Like I'm trying to get the uh, Vipers uh, GM Tra- Travis Stock- uh, Stockbridge right now to, just to try to get an, a, an idea as to what the Vipers are gonna do. Are they gonna come back? Are they gonna practice with the Rockets. It, it's still a lot of stuff up in the air right now because uh, the NBA hasn't said anything about their future plans or neither has the G League about coming back and, and returning to play as as of a few weeks ago. I mean, they've just had their uh, season suspended, but there hasn't been any of movement of any type for the G League. And uh, how's attendance been there? Uh, what Jonah tells me, it's a beautiful arena. And, it uh, it is. I mean, the the attendance isn't bad at all. I mean, uh, sure, you would like for uh, for everyone to be like uh, seated in one section, but I would probably say about a little less than halfway. But when it gets loud, it, I mean, it gets loud in that place. Yeah. Well, it's uh, a lot. Uh, as a lot of arenas do. I'll have to add that arena to my list uh, sometime. Ray, as we wrap it up, we know um, how much 
high school football is in Texas. Everything's yes. bigger in Texas. And I, you know, I think of high school football and, and, you know, Friday night lights and, you know, whether it be the, the 1A schools, the 6A schools, uh, guys that could pretty much go right to the NFL from, you know, Midland, Odessa to the, you know, big lights of Dallas and, and Houston and so forth. Uh, the Rio Grande Valley, um, do, uh, what is the biggest football rivalry in your area? Okay, first? if I have to put on my Homer hat, because generally I, I, I sway away from high school sports only because there's like 51 high schools from Roma all the way to Port Isabel. So there's no way I'm going to be covering 51 schools. But if I have to like focalize a point on a rivalry and I'm going to put on my home, my Homer hat here, but I would say it would be between my alma mater PSJ North versus PSJ high bears. Okay. PSJ me is uh, what? uh, what's that? Uh, stand? PSJ what stands for the tri city district called far San Juan and Alamo. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, yeah. All towns I've, Drove through on my way from uh, Edinburgh over to uh, Harlingen. Over to, uh, <laughs> uh, over to Harlingen, yeah, I went through all those places, which also included Donna and Mercedes and uh, made it as far over as San Isabel. So uh, PSA North? North? PSA High School. Yes. Okay, so that's the, the And Bears the Raiders. Are who? Okay, so the Bears uh, are, are They are cool. PSA High. There are like the mothership school. They are the mothership school that started the uh, the big uh, the big Tri City school, and then and then Far got into the mix, and they got their their own school, which made everyone in the San Juan and Alamo angry. And then Alamo got so angry that they that they even got their own a high school of their own. Yeah. Well, welcome to Texas. I mean, they as they say that's a they take their uh, high school sports seriously there. And I always love watching Craig way, the voice of the Longhorns. Um, but he's also the voice of pretty much everything in Texas in terms of high school sports too. They host that high school uh, coaches show and or, uh, or high school uh, scorers show. And, and I know they realigned a lot of the six, uh, eight and one a, and just all these towns yeah, it's, around there. It's, I mean, it's just it's so amazing. difficult to, to keep up with. I mean, it's like, Every two years, they keep realigning because of attendance purposes. I, I, I get all that. I mean, it's just uh, uh, fifty-one schools. I'm like, no, thank you. That's uh, just that's just something I, I just like take a sidestep and everyone else go right ahead. I'll just I'll, I'll just stick yeah, to my pro sports got, teams. Yeah, no, I under, that's understandable. I know they have the Harlingen Cardinals down there. They they had a lot of their portraits or paintings up on the. Uh, Walt did, yeah, at the uh, barbecue place I went to there. Well, Ray, it's uh, been a pleasure. Uh, continued, uh, we wish you and your family and all Thank your friends you. good health. Look forward to hopefully seeing uh, everyone back at sporting events and uh, throughout the uh, – All right, thank you, Doug, for the invitation, and I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much.